Howdy. In this episode, Logan Denning and I continue our discussion of my trip to Europe this past summer. We're trying to tackle it one segment at a time. If you want to see pictures of my trip, you can go to trackners.com slash travel. Enjoy the show. Yeah, so today we wanted to talk about Switzerland, specifically my trip to Europe and the Switzerland part of it. When we last left our hero, me, I had just safely <laughs> safely arrived in Lausanne, Switzerland to stay with my friend Tyler, who lives there and is, works as a research scientist at the university in Lausanne. And I spent about a week uh, between his place and heading over to more of the Alps. If I remember correctly, you arrived in Lausanne and the cell service was really bad, right? So you were trying to figure out how you were going to let Tyler know that you were actually at the train station that you needed to be picked up. Yes, and then and I just happened to run into him before I had to worry any further about that. Or so he, oh, yeah, he, okay. he, he found me while I still did not have an active cell phone. So that was uh, very lucky. Gotcha. I don't know if we talked about the, if if you tied that knot, yeah, or tied that had, bow, yeah, tied that up the last time or not. But okay, okay. So he, because I was going to ask, how, well, how did you end up finding him? So he just he found you, basically. Yes, yes. The the, the Los uh, Lausanne train station isn't. I mean, it's it's big, but it it was uh, manageable enough that he uh, he found me and we were able to walk to actually about a mile walk to his place from there. But it's still probably the best way when you're in these uh, tight European towns than trying to trying to drive and park and all those kinds of things. I mean, parking at his uh, apartment is kind of ridiculous. And but just Europe is just so, so tight on space for all these kinds of things. So yeah, so I hung out for just the weekend. It kind of timed out. I was getting there like on a Friday. So I basically just spent the weekend with them in Lausanne. And he even had to go to work on one of those days, you know, I probably, or maybe I even got it on Thursday and he had to work on Friday. But just kind of walking around Lausanne and it's all right there on Lake Geneva, which I think I talked before. I talked last time about how it's Lac Lamont locally, but it's all just kind of the ang- anglicization is Lake Geneva with uh, the city of Geneva in one on the southwest corner, and then Lausanne is kind of on the north central side of the lake. Pretty big lake, but also manageable. Like you can you can't see like Lausanne from Lausanne. You can't see Geneva, but you can just kind of see. Okay, the lake kind of extends, stretches off over that way, stretches off over that way. It's it's big, but like if you look at a map of Europe, you don't necessarily see Lac Lamont or Lake Geneva there without zooming in. But what I didn't know is I, I didn't know anything about Lausanne other than that's where Tyler lived. But then after I get there, you know, he's kind of giving me things to check out. Well, one of them was like, oh well, the Olympics are centered here, or the Olympics, the Olympics are headquartered out of Lausanne. I think there's a museum down. There. I'm like, oh wait, what? So oh really? Yeah, so Lausanne, Switzerland is like where the IOC is, and so like I went by their offices, and they have like all the you know the Olympic rings outside these offices because that's the IOC. And then in another part of town is the Olympic Museum. So I spent a few hours going down to the Olympic Museum in the area called, uh, I think it's Ushi. And I guess I'm, I think it's technically part of Lausanne still, not a separate city. I'm going to be a little vague on, on those kinds of things. But no, it's cool. It just has like lots of Olympic memorabilia, including what looked to be all the torches that actually, or at least one of the torches, usually they have, they have like kind of the relay of torches to take the fire mm-hmm. from Athens to the Olympic site. And I've been doing that forever. Well, it had, you know, a hundred years worth of Olympic torches and then 
all the clothes and shoes from the athletes from these great moments over the years of the Olympics were here in Lausanne. You know, it's, you know, Mark Spix's Speedo and Carrie Shrugs, you know, Leotard and, you know, basketball signed by the Dream Team. We just kind of, uh, I've just named Americans, but all of the Olympians from, <laughs> Olympians from all over the world. Those are the only Olympians that matter, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just, yeah, all, you know, I'm looking at a picture here of like a old bobsled. Looks like it's from the 20s, 19, 1920s. And, uh, <laughs> Just kind of a yeah, cool museum, all the old medals, and just uh, kind of worth checking out if you haven't been to Lausanne. And just and then the lake here is just this incredible greenish bluish uh, water that doesn't look real. Like it's just the water's just too perfect, and you know weather was good. Just just kind of a nice place to walk around. And then on the weekend we went over to took a couple different day trips with them. First we went to oh I forget how far it was, thirty minutes or an hour, kind of. East of the lake, we went to Gruyere, which is, if you are familiar with Gruyere cheese, it is the place where that cheese is from. So, like, there's a village slash castle thing. Like, it looks like a castle from a distance, but when you get up there, it's kind of like an open square with, you know, shops and things now. But it was, like, the original village slash castle where that cheese was created however many centuries ago. And it's still kind of then the city near there is still Gruyere, Switzerland. And so, I don't know, it's... You think about every little thing that's named, and it's just so easy to, I don't know, ignore the fact that, like, oh, why is that called that? Oh, who cares? But it's like, oh, no, it's because it's named after the city. It's just a specific place you can go visit in Switzerland. And, like, I don't know, it's just, then everything's like so, that. So, I always thought that Gruyere was French, which I guess, I mean, it the language is French, but it's actually Swiss. Yes, yes. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, so, and obviously, I think I mentioned last time, too, that the... Western part of Switzerland is where French is the primary language, but right. yeah, so that's why it definitely sounds French, but you're right, Gruyere, Gruyere is actually in actually in Switzerland, hmm. and we kind of did a hike and everything near there, and just kind of getting up the, in the mountains, and, and that was cool, and uh, Tyler's got two little kids, and but his five-year-old son is trilingual, and it's just, so that's fairly common over in Europe, and just kind of mind-blowing for americans to get their head around that this five-year-old is speaks three languages and you're like well how well can he speak if he's five it's like well how well does a five-year-old speak english yeah he speaks that well in three languages <laughs> yeah and the other two are better than any foreign language that i speak yeah yeah so i, uh, so I thought it was funny so tyler's wife is czech so the kid speaks czech and english and then french because he goes to school there in switzerland the in the french speaking mm. part of switzerland but because uh, Tyler's wife is just generally European, she still has, you know, little working knowledge about anything. Or she's being in Switzerland there. She picked up enough French. She can get by at the store and stuff. But then Tyler was saying, like, oh, what if I had, like, a drug deal and my life was on the line? And if it had to go right, I would have Vincent, the, the five-year-old, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Which thing also puts me in my place when... I notice his wife speaks French way better than I do when she's just trying to ask like a, you know, a clerk at a counter or something, some basic information. Yeah, I could not do that. And she has enough working knowledge to make that happen. And then like, oh, then the five-year-old is better than that. And I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and you have lots of uh, vineyards and everything. You see all the grapes growing. I, I do just kind of like how the agriculture is different in different parts of the world. I know which that was obvious, but I do try to appreciate when I see a wheat field here in Kansas and all the hay bales and stuff. And, and I, I try to appreciate how pretty that is. And not everywhere in the world has that. And if you were maybe visiting from Switzerland, you might be like, oh, well, that's cool. And just, you know, I feel like local agriculture is always kind of mundane where you are. But then, mm -hmm. oh, you go to Maine, you're like, oh, that's cool. That's a lobster boat. You think they care about lobster boats in Maine? 
No, it's just right, part. Yeah. It's just part of everyday life, and so I'm sure that's how vineyards, these uh, great vineyards, are in Switzerland. But it's always cool to go go see that stuff. Lots of cows here too, and uh, they actually have bells on their cows, which I had never really. I mean, cow bells are obviously a famous thing, but I don't know if I've ever really seen many cows with actual bells around their necks. But in Switzerland, you just see like, oh, you're doing a hike, and then there's a bunch of cows. You're just kind of having to walk past, not even necessarily fenced off. They're like in the hike with you all with just these giant like engraved bells that are actually kind of very elaborate and when they're off in the distance it's it's almost kind of cool it basically sounds like wind chimes when you hear the cows Mm -hmm. and their bells just kind of jingling off in the in the distance there is that like so that you can find them or is it like a like what i guess what is the purpose of a cowbell on a cow Tyler was saying, they're like, whoa, no, it's, it's all hilly. How are you going to find your cows? It's just easier if you can hear them and know they're on the other side of that hill. Genius. And that makes total sense. But like, yeah, I have family with cows in Montana, and that's also really hilly. And I don't think they put bells on them. I think they just drive around and find them. <laughs> Maybe I need to tell them about <laughs> cowbells. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then the next day we went to Montreux, which is just another city on the east end of Lake Geneva. That's just kind of the one that's got all the flowers and it's just the, it's the pretty town, (laughs) even though the whole area is kind of gorgeous. Yeah. It's the pretty town where like along the coast there, it's like all these, it's like a sidewalk that goes along the whole coast there. And then, you know, flowers just kind of not even like wildflowers, just planted there and all the boats are there and just, just a very pretty part. And then we did a walk over to a castle. I think it was, uh, I get the name mixed up because it's actually very similar to the name of uh, a castle in France, but so I, I think it's Chinon. But that's very similar sounding to the castle where Eleanor of Aquitaine was imprisoned in the Lion of Winter, or where or where they have Christmas in the Lion of Winter. So I actually forget which. I think one is maybe Shilon and one is Shinon. So I'm a little not sure there. So it's cool to see this old castle that was kind of built right off the I say the coast, but it's like it's in the lake on a rock that's basically just say 10, 20 meters off of the shore. On a, built on a rock, you know, and built, of course, hundreds. And that's in Geneva? No, that's in, uh, it's south, it's just right near Montreux. So if you're looking at Lake, oh, if you're looking okay. at Lake Geneva, there's this tiny castle or this tiny island. You have to zoom way in. You'll see Chinon Castle in the southeast corner. Basically, it's so close to the shore that it basically looks like there's a moat around it, but it's not the moat. It's just actual the water of the lake separates the castle mm. from the from the mainland. Perfect kind of location for this not huge castle and it had just been controlled over the centuries by a bunch of people i'd never heard of and i've never done a lot of deep dives on the probably they weren't necessarily even kings they're all just kind of like local lords and barons and stuff of this area whether it's controlled by the swiss or the french or whoever at the time so definitely a rich history but a lot of names i just wasn't familiar with i think i've actually been there oh oh for real i think i went there in oh what was it like 2009 okay that's funny. I mean, we were in Switzerland and we went to Lake Geneva and we like drove around and saw some stuff. I don't know. It might have been just another old castle on Lake Geneva, but like it looks familiar. I feel like this is the castle on Lake Geneva. Okay, though. then like, it might yeah, be yeah. it might be the the one. Like since the whole idea is like I'm there and they're trying to give me stuff to do and they're like, "Oh, we'll go to Chinon Castle." Like they didn't mention the other castles I could visit. It was like, "This is the one." And here, let me just share this photo album with you so you can kind of scroll through as I am. Okay, so how far down am I scrolling? Well, so it's an order there. So you're starting at the top before I left, and then you're going to go through Lyon, and then you'll be in Switzerland. Yes. Ah, it's a good move, taking a picture of the uh, metro map. 
Oh, any map that I may need, I'm taking a picture of it to have it on my phone. I always yep. do that. Yep, yep. You have to. That's a pro gamer move. Okay, I'm I'm seeing picture. All right, scrolling past the uh, Lumiere Brothers Museum. Okay, yep. So then after uh, that. Looks like I'm scrolling past some pictures of a train. All right, I'm seeing Swiss flags now. Oh, here's the Olympics Museum you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool that there's an exhibit for Tokyo 2020, the Olympics that never happened. Yeah, so well, so as far as the Olympics are concerned, they did happen. They were delayed a year, but it's still the 2020 oh, okay. Olympics that was delayed until 2021. So as far oh, as oh really? Yeah, okay, they they don't see it as a 2021 Olympics. It's the 2020 Olympics delayed. Well, yeah, I guess that's that makes sense because then the next one, it's not like oh well, now the next one's in 2025 and then right. 2029. It's like no, it's in 2024. Right. It's like before. It's just the first one was delayed a little bit. Right. So yeah, I could see in uh. Oh, shoot, probably won't take that long. In 20 years, a trivia question will be, in what year did the 2020 Tokyo Olympics take place? Right. 2021! <laughs> kind of like, what year did the Battle of 1812 end? <laughs> oh, the War of 1812? I know it was later because it was like, information traveled slowly, so weren't they fighting battles like in New Orleans, like well after the war was over, something like that? Yeah, off the top of my head, I think the War of 1812 ended in uh, 1815. Okay, I'd buy that. Yep. Uh, June, uh, June 1812 to February 1815. So yeah, there's, there's, win a bet with your friends. The war of 1812 ended in 1815. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Yeah, there's some Roman ruins in Lausanne and I forget the name of it, but there's just a, basically the original village or city was Roman. So like the Romans built the initial mm. settlement that had been involved in Lausanne and it wasn't called exactly Lausanne. It was something Basically, I think probably just the Latinized version of Lausanne. I forget exactly what it was. Maybe it was with a Z or somehow slightly different. Lausanius or something. Yeah, yeah there you go. Know. Yeah, Lausantium. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it was cool to see that, you know. Oh, they, had, they also had their had to the, uh, not binoculars, but they had like little things you could look through. And like they're pointed at the ruins. And But when you look mm. through them, it's like the overview of what those buildings would have looked like, you know, 2,000 years ago. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Give you an idea of, of all that. And that's Gruyere Castle, yep. So that's a little uh, alien stuff there or whatever. So, this guy? Yeah. H.R. Uh, Geiger is from Gruyere, Switzerland. I don't know if you're familiar with the name, but he's like the guy who designed like the aliens for the movie Alien. Famous kind of set designer or costume uh, creature designer, H.R. Geiger, yeah. is from Gruyere, Switzerland. What does that have to do with these this little sculpture here? That's other stuff he designed. I don't know. Oh, okay. He de- he designed this as well. Okay, I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, just all kinds of. It's, it's basically that that's outside a museum to H.R. Geiger because he's from Gruyere. Oh, I guess if I zoomed in on the picture, it does say H.R. Geiger right there on the sculpture. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you weren't kidding. There are a lot of cows, and they are right, they are sitting right next to the hiking yeah, trail. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest thing too. It's like a lot of this stuff, and we get into like you know, full on Alps here in a second too. A lot of stuff that, like, in the United States would be a national park and set aside. Well, there it's just where people live. And so, like, you're walking mm-hmm. through the Swiss Alps and you're just walking by a farm because, well, yeah, they still got to get work done. They still got to farm this area. It's not set off. It's preserved just because everything's kind of taken care of over there, but it's not a national park. Right. This is the castle that's on the lake, though, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Oh, and then these are the vineyards that you were talking about? Yes. Okay. This is for sure the same castle because I have pictures of that exact same Freddie Mercury statue as well. Okay. <laughs> what and what is the what is the connection between Fe- Freddie Mercury and? Uh, I think he did a concert or two there, or maybe ah, shoot, Tyler's wife was even saying like it was even some specific famous performance was in Montreux. 
and I just don't remember which one off the top of my head. Okay. Well, honestly, the picture of them there with like the jacket kind of coming open and his fist in the air, probably whenever he did that was in Montreux. Okay, I was going to say, because that's kind of like an iconic, yes. you know, Freddie Mercury image. Yes. So yeah, I think one of the iconic moments was uh, from there. So here's what I say with Montreux with all those flowers. It's just kind of so picturesque and gorgeous. Yeah. So remind me again when you, so you went in 09, so like after your sophomore year in high school? Yeah, it was part of a, it was, there was like a, it was like a choir and band thing with. Oh, with Nance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, and it was like, it wasn't just our school either. It was like a, there was kids from school, like high schools from all over Kansas that went. Yeah. And we did like little, we did a few different performances, but it was like a. Okay. A three week thing. We went to. The UK went to France, Switzerland, Austria, Germany, Luxembourg for like a few hours. Right. Greece. And all in like three. Oh, did you? Yeah, because that, that actually kind of jogs my memory. Right Didn't you pay for like the extra few days in Greece that wasn't necessarily part of what everybody did? Yeah. Yeah, that was like an extra little thing that you could do. It was like two or three days in Greece. And all that was kind of at a breakneck speed, right? Because it wasn't the whole thing. Like That whole trip was three weeks. Right, right. It was like you were in London for like three days. Yeah. And then like on a bus and they'd drive to Paris. And then you were there for like three days and then on a bus and you drive to Switzerland. And, you okay. Know, you would hit... Oh, Italy too. We went to Italy. Yeah. But yeah, it was three weeks of uh, a few days in one spot and then bus to the next spot. It was pretty cool though. I kind of got, uh, on the way back from that castle, I stopped and went through the vineyards there. That's why I have the pictures kind of up close and personal, just above that. Uh, this is on the way back from the castle. I kind of took the train and kind of got got off to walk part, through part of the vineyards. Okay. And I basically picked the wrong one. Ty was like, oh, get off at this stop for this stop. They'll be the best ones for walking through the vineyards. And I went by the one that I was going by. It looks like just absolutely dropped dead gorgeous because I was planning on getting off the next one. And when I get off the next one, construction. And so that's why I have that construction sign there with stuff blocked off. So it took me forever. I'm like basically walking along the highway instead of walking through the vineyards. And I kind of got to the point where I did walk up through. I didn't like hop a fence or anything, but it was kind of a part that looks like, yeah, you're probably not supposed to walk here. Because I was actually like walking up through like the grape rows themselves, not just like the paths. I was actually like, basically I was walking where the farmers would walk, not just on the like. Did the... you snag a couple grapes? <laughs> no, they were. Well, snack? Uh one, they were all underripe. Two, no, I wouldn't do that. Oh. Well, it's okay. It's okay now. You're back in the U.S. They're not going to extradite you to Switzerland <laughs> for stealing the grapes. Like you can, you could say if you want to. <laughs> you just might not be able to go back to Switzerland. Again. Okay. <laughs> I, I did not. I did not. No, like when we we run by the cotton fields here, and I yell at my athletes to stop stealing cotton if they just go on. They want to take like one little piece of cotton. I'm like, no, that's not your cotton. What? Leave it alone. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Well, that's another thing, too. What are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to make a shirt? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to your hand here? There's, like, pictures of you with, like, a injured hand. Oh, I, I had a couple injuries that day. So, honestly, it was just a hangnail that just, like, snagged on something and bled like a stuck pig for some reason. But the other one, I don't huh. know if, it's on, if you can see it on there before that, I hit my head on the way out of the castle because all those doors are, like, really low. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I had ducked to get through. I had my cap on. And uh-huh. I hit the little little button that you have on the top of the cap just right to where it just smacked that cap into my head. And yeah, it kind of hurt. I didn't know I was bleeding until I got back. And Tyler's like, what happened to your head? And I was like, oh, I was like still bleeding from like just the little button on my cap ramming into my skull. <laughs> you can take those buttons. You can take them off. It just requires like two pairs of pliers. Well, I didn't realize they were a threat. Well, uh- <laughs> 
I know that a lot of people do it if they wear a hat like that when they're shooting because you have to wear ear, oh, like, ear yeah, protection. Yeah. And that so if sense. it goes over the top, that pushing on that button can like, it's like a pressure point on top of your head. Huh. So a lot of people, you know, take those things off, which I thought that, oh, well, if you take that off, like the hat's going to fall apart, but it like it doesn't. What's it for then? I thought I thought it was a yeah, I thought it was a I load mean, bearing it, button. I guess it, it might make it a little bit less like like it, it might wear out a little bit faster without the button. But it's not like you take it out and like the hat is immediately like fraying apart. No, it stinks too. Is so that was a uh, I mean no one. I mean that was my Broncos hat. Like I was even calling that like my travel hat, and I lost it not too, not long after that. So. I don't know if I left it on the bus. But you lost it here in Europe somewhere? In Switzerland. Like, basically, like, the day after it hit me, I lost it. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose, though. I miss you, Hat. But you don't know how you lost it. I don't know where I lost it. My, my actually, my best. Oh. I realized I was missing it the morning I was leaving Tyler's, but I, got, I was, like, leaving before they were all awake, and I didn't, like, want to rouse the whole household to find my hat that wasn't necessarily that important and like obviously it should have been right there with all my other stuff so i I thought i left it on like the bus or something the day before my other thought was that i left it in tyler's car but i actually told him if it is there don't tell me and just surprise me with it next time you see me (laughs) (laughs) so i i'm holding out hope i don't want to ask him i don't want to ask him i'm I'm, so i'm assuming it's lost but i'm holding out hope that Tyler will bring it to me someday. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like a it like blew off your head situation, like a oh, I don't yeah. know, maybe it was, you were up high in the castle and you were looking over a thing and it flew off. Like I was a uh, I was at the Hoover Dam yesterday, driving back from Las Vegas, which is like an entirely different story. But at one of the places at the Hoover Dam, if you look down, it's like you're high up, but when you're looking straight down, it's not into the water. But it, the land underneath you is close enough that you can see stuff okay like down where you're looking yeah and there's just like a bunch of hats oh. there. <laughs> from like people who you know peek over and then just whoop. yes yes so when i got to paris i had to buy a new hat but i just bought like a five euro hat from like one of those cheap tourism shops uh, shops with all like you know the little Tin Eiffel Tower keychains and the iHeart France stuff and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so yes. I just bought like a plain five euro ball cap. One of those things you'd be like, who would ever come to Paris and buy those? Yeah, ball guys who need sun protection. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, so, th- so yeah, so I went, I went from uh, TKs to Burn. Uh-huh. So Burn is kind of like uh, the black or sort of the brown bears, kind of like their mascot. So they have this park with lots of bear statues and actual like live bears in this. Well, I say a park. Are these are these wild bears or is this no, like a zoo no. type it's, situation? It's, it's an enclosure. I wouldn't even call it a zoo. It's just basically it's a park for the bears. If that oh, makes gotcha. sense. Okay. So it's okay. like the set a set aside area. They put bears in there. They have plenty of space, but it's not a full zoo. It's just an area where they put a bunch okay. of brown bears. But this isn't like because okay, I'm thinking like man, I I don't know about that living in a town where there's just bears just kind of walking <laughs> around. But if I guess they're they're yeah. oh, okay. I see in this picture it looks this looks like a little maybe like a feeding gate or something. Yeah, right think, here. yeah. Partition off, partition them off if they need to kind of work on a certain area. They can get all the bears in one area. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. basically, it's a park for the bears, or it's a mini zoo with only bears. I don't know how you want to explain that. <laughs> so I was in Bern. So I was on my way from Lausanne to Interlaken, and then into oh, I'm trying to think. Basically, there's all these little villages. I'm not sure what uh, Jungfrau would probably be like the Jungfrau. Peak would kind of be the area I was headed to to go hike the Swiss Alps, and I had a sw- had to switch trains in Bern, so I was like, "Oh, I'm not in a hurry." Bern's kind of you know a prominent city. I'll spend a few hours in Bern. So if you look at kind of like the main strip, 
the main like shopping strip of Bern is actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site, even though it's just kind of this half mile stretch, but it's kind of iconic. It looks cool and old on the on the front there on the surface, but then like all those facades are like covering sidewalks, and then the sidewalks are in front of modern shops and restaurants and stuff. But that whole stretch uh, is actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site because it goes on for about half a mile, looking like that. Hmm. So I was just walking around that stretch, went and saw those bears, was kind of looking for a place to eat, and then uh, one of the craziest things of the whole trip happened while I was in Bern for two hours, and I don't think I've actually okay. shared this with you yet. Um, I was just kind of killing time slash looking for a place to eat and i was trying to save money so a lot of times just i was eating in grocery stores i would just go and get some snacks or just get something i could eat from a grocery store because i was like way cheaper basically go spend four or five euros for your lunch versus you know dropping 10 20 30 for a meal at a restaurant yeah so basically i went to just kind of chill in a park for a little bit and kind of rest before i went to a grocery store and found some stuff and then went and caught my train from burn to interlochen and right after i sat down this old lady is wanders up and looks like she even had like a band-aid or like a bruise on her face and she had like a bag with pillows in it and i'm like okay this lady's homeless but she's kind of like motions like are you the only one using this bench i always kind of sit on the end of a public bench to leave the space open so she kind of motions i'm like oh yeah help yourself and uh she's like mumbling at me in french i'm like oh boy what, what, what what's gonna happen here and i'm like i'm probably not gonna hang out on this bench very long and so i'm kind of like trying to shoo her off or whatever right and so I, I do I do say I say twice uh, je ne parle pas français. What I don't speak French. Oh, gotcha. And then she might have said this the first time, but the second time I say that, it took me a while to kind of understand it. But she said, you know, uh, quel langue parlez-vous? Which is what language do you speak? And I reply anglais. And then she immediately says, "Well, let us speak English then," <laughs> because of course she speaks English also. Right. <laughs> but it, it was pretty cool, like. Kind of badass from her standpoint, you know what I'm saying? Just like, I'm yeah. like, Anglais. And then she just immediately rolls in. Well, let us speak English then. And my guess is she's probably like 82 years old. I mean, you, uh, I got that one picture there of her. She's not young. Yes, yes. <laughs> so she just started, kind of starts telling me about the area. She asks, where am I, Where are you from? I'm like, oh, the United States. Oh, is, it is a big place. Where in the United States? Uh, Kansas, right in the middle. Okay. And then she's just telling me about the area. And she's like, oh, okay, well, so... If the president of the United States comes to Bern and she kind of points over there, that's where he would stay. And she kind of points over to, you know, a place like has, has like a Swiss flag up above it and stuff. And, and of course, she also says she's like, oh, and I you change so often. I can't. Who is the president now? I can't remember. I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, Biden. She's like, oh, yes. Thank goodness. I did not like the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> but then she's like, if you want, I could I can show you. And I'm like, oh, man, like this old lady wants to take me on a sightseeing tour now and she kind of just kind of the vibe like that's what she was doing next and you were coming with her like it was almost like right that's what's happening (laughs) so i'm like well yeah okay sure and so next thing i know i'm following this old lady like down the sidewalk to go see where the president of the united states would stay when he visits burn switzerland but she's also like she moves very slowly so (laughs) uh, before long like i'm now holding the bag with the pillows in it and like giving her my arm to help her like down the step and we're walking to see the the place where the president of the united states would stay when when he's in burn she's like well you can't stay here because you're not the president and like like yes okay okay and she's like would you like to see my apartment and i'm like uh no dude i gotta catch a train i gotta get out of here and she's like oh no take a couple minutes you got time you got time now i'm like thinking 
okay, she's going to lure me back to, like, a lair where there's, like, a bunch of dudes in their 20s that are going to mug me. Like, I'm thinking there's, like, I'm like, this is escalating far too quickly. If you had ever seen the movie Hostel, that would be playing in your head right yeah, now. Yeah, which I have not because I don't like scary movies, which you were talking about before, but... Yeah, so, like, I'm like, oh, uh, no, she's like, no, basically she's insisting. Like, she's not insisting, like, with her, like, words, she's just, like, saying, like, yeah, that's where we're going next. Like, basically, I didn't have a great out other than fear of an 82-year-old woman who's going to lead me into a trap. I feel like, though, that that is, like, that must be just a universal thing for, like, anyone that age. Okay. You know what I mean? You just have to do what they say. She's in charge right. now. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we're, we're like walking toward her place, but I'm also, like, heads on a swivel, like... Again, I'm not getting any vibes that I that she is leading me into a trap, but I'm like, I'm an idiot if I get led into a trap kind of thing. <laughs> so my head is on a swivel, like, okay, where are the young boys just coming to, like, steal my wallet and passport here or whatever, or my camera, because I can always got my nice camera equipment with me. But no, she's like, okay, like, I think she even says, like, oh, that's my car. So you walk, she's like, okay, here's my place. She, like, types in the code to her place. Everything seems normal, but again, I'm like, okay. I guess I'm going inside because I'm holding her bag. What am I going to just like throw the bag down or throw the bag back to her? Like, I got to get run away from the old lady. So I'm carrying her bag. And she even like, I think she knows, she can tell I'm like hesitant or whatever. It's like when they close the door, she even says like, if you get lost, you can come right back out this door. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking at it like maybe it locks from the inside. I don't know, but it, it seems like just a normal apartment. So now I'm walking upstairs carrying this old lady's bag of pillows. They said they're her church pillows because the, the pews are kind of hard. So she has the pillows for going to church. This is a Monday morning also, too, so I don't know where she's been for the last 24 hours, but she still had her church pillows with her. Well, aren't there, like, Catholics that go to Mass, like, every day? I hope so. <laughs> I think that's... I'm pretty sure that's a thing. That's better than my, my the story in my mind, where I'm just sure she had been out for the last day. She had to recruit some dumb American to take her stuff home. <laughs> she had been out for 24 hours. I gotta get home. Let me ask this guy to take my pillows home. So anyway, I go go from thinking she's homeless to she has an apartment here, obviously. And then so we, we're upstairs. I set the pillows down. She just kind of walked me through her apartment. It's just a random old lady apartment, but it's really big. Like she's just kind of walking me through doing, I mean, not like a detailed tour. She's basically just like, we're just walking. We don't ever stop walking. It's just like a walk through the apartment. And her apartment, it almost seems like four apartments where it's just an apartment connected to another apartment connected to another apartment. And so like the picture I snapped here is like some windows you can kind of see we have to like step through up in this little like entry area but then that just goes Mm -hmm. into another apartment and then finally after it goes to like four apartments that are all just her apartment she gets to another door opens it up and we're on basically the sidewalk the street over so this old lady was just showing off that you could enter from one street on uh, you know the the main strip of burn switzerland and you exit her apartment from the other side on the other street. It just goes all the way through the whole block. It goes all the way through the whole block. And it's all just like basically four apartments that are all her apartment that she's apparently living in by herself. Uh, there was a TV playing at some point. So I, I almost thought I needed a bolt when I heard like voices. I'm like, okay, no, she just left the TV on. And it's just, again, <laughs> normal old lady stuff. It's kind of cluttered. You know, there's probably magazines laying there that are 30 years old, that kind of stuff. But so I, I go from thinking she's homeless to she has four apartments and burns this one all right here together. And then I was telling Tyler about it later. And he's just like, Oh, those are worth millions of euros then. Like, in Bern, Switzerland, she has four apartments in the main historic area all right together. She's a millionaire. She's a millionaire. Right. I'm like, that's funny. That's funny. (laughs) I did ask her name, but I actually, I forgot it. (laughs) It started with an O, and then she's like, oh, and here's where you can catch your bus, catch a bus to go down to the train station. I'll see you later. I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) I don't know. So she just helped helped you out finding your... 
finding you or showing you where to go? I didn't need help. I knew where I was going. I was just trying to get away from her <laughs> by saying I had to catch my train now. I had an hour. Yeah, anyway, so uh, so I told that I told that story to my cross-country team, too. And so then they would tell other kids at school, like, yeah, he has a story about this old lady that kidnapped him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the story of uh, the old lady in Bern. <laughs> then I went on to uh, Interlaken and just kind of caught another train from Interlaken to... L- Lauterbrunnen, and then from Lauterbrunnen... Okay, so actually, Lauterbrunnen is worth that. No, so if you get to the ones with the waterfall... Oh, okay, here's a waterfall. Yeah, yeah. so the, the picture of the waterfall there, and just like this little village, that's uh, Lauterbrunnen. And so okay. this whole area of the Swiss Alps, and I think it's called like the Jungfrau area, which just means like young woman or virgin, is like the name of the main peak in this area. And there's like a train that you can pay like $200, and it, it'll take this train up to like this James Bond-style... Like it looks like a James Bond villain thing at the top, and it's basically like the okay. highest. It's like the highest train station in Europe. So it's not. It's only. It's it's barely in like in the top ten, I think, for highest peaks in Europe. But it's like the highest train station in Europe if you take the train up there. So I didn't go up there, uh, but I did hike all around it. And so then I had to go from Lauterbrunnen and take a separate little cable car thing up to Vingen, which is where my hotel was. Okay. So those are in Vingen. So it's this whole valley, it's like all these tiers. So like Lauterbrunnen is at the bottom, kind of near the river. And then I went up and stayed in like Vingen, which is kind of like halfway up. But then I had to get up to like the cool hiking part. I could have taken a cable car, but instead I did like a two-hour straight uphill, might have been three-hour, two or three-hour straight uphill hike. Like I was basically going up steep stairs for two hours to get up to like the start of the hike I wanted to do. So I had to hike to my hike. Is that this here? Um, actually, that's the day before. Just kind of, actually, that's, I was, that's just actually a little hike by Vengen. Uh, the hike the next day was uh, different. That does look, that is pretty steep. Yeah, so it's basically like going up that for like, I mean, it flattens, it flattens out in pieces as you kind of switch back back and forth, obviously. But so that was, yeah, so that's actually right near Vengen as I was kind of just updating the, the uh, pictures there. And then uh, the next day I did basically like a nine hour hike going up to uh Monlicken or something and it was kind of this it wasn't necessarily a full-on village but it was like a rest stop area or kind of a hub for the hiking and all the cars all these cable cars there's basically all these tiny villages i say tiny they're probably each probably have a thousand people living in them or whatever but then there's cable cars going to the next one and it's just kind of this whole area is just dotted with these villages on like three different tiers that you can cable car to all of them because the trains can't necessarily go there's actually you can't drive to Vengen. you can actually drive to Lauterbrunnen Vingen, you can't drive to. You have to take the train up or hike up to even get to it. Oh, it's it's not accessible at all by vehicle. There's no roads. Right, right. Huh. A few people in town had small vehicles, but they would have had to probably had them hauled up by the train at some point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so hiked from there, hiked all around. It was, you know, like a nine to 13, I forget exactly, nine plus mile hike kind of going through all the Swiss Alps and the snow peaks there. And yeah, just taking pictures of all the snow-capped mountains and the uh, the cool water features and just uh just enjoying the vibe. It was a it was a pretty populated hike. There was a lot of people. Actually, the hike up there wasn't. So that was kind of the, the most isolated part because most people probably took the cable car up and I only had a few people that I encountered on the hike straight up. So yeah, so the snow peaks there are kind of most of the most of the appeal. So you're not actually hiking in the snow peaks. You're just kind of obviously in the the green foothills. Basically, it was like the most recommended hike in photos or whatever. The most recommended hike was this one from uh, Mon Licken to Kleischleidig or whatever. I'm sure I nailed that. Although, <laughs> although to be fair, to be fair, I'm not reading it. That's from memory. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, this this sign says, don't let your dog eat the sheep. <laughs> yes, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that's what the pictures of it are. Yeah, it doesn't actually say any words. So just gorgeous, kind of as advertised. One of the things, you're trying not to rush through it when you're hiking the Swiss Alps. Mm-hmm. You just kind of want to stop and smell the roses, but you also are always having a time. That's kind of the, you know, the thing people don't think about when you're looking at the photographs of these trips. It's like, well, okay, I still have to budget. Okay, where am I stopping to pee? Where am I eating? Where am I getting, where am I refilling my water? It was actually pretty chilly. Like, uh, it might have, well, it wasn't in the 30s. It was, I think it was about 50 degrees and then chilly in the shade as I was doing that initial hike. But then it was definitely shorts and t-shirt weather, like high as 60s up at the top. So the weather was great, uh, but definitely a little chilly on the way up. Are these for if, if you fall down and you start rolling, do these catch you? <laughs> those are, no, those are snow guards. Those, those prevent avalanches. They have those in like Wyoming oh. and stuff in Colorado and stuff too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like a... If you, you know, so you don't go all the way down the mountain. <laughs> I mean, they would have, they would probably have that effect as well. But no, those are snow guards that we have those in the States. Oh, okay. Uh, and there's other, there's other ones that are more like uh, fort looking. I think those were actually like erosion guards to make sure the trees can take root. So they have to mm. make sure they always have fresh, always keep trees going because trees help prevent avalanches and stuff because the root structures kind of right. hold everything together. So yes, basically I, I got to Vingen in the afternoon, evening, stayed there that night hiked all day, stayed there a second night, and then went from Vengen to uh, Lucerne on the train, not to be confused with Lausanne. So I actually went out and around, just kind of spent half a day in Lucerne once you get through the mountains. Isn't there a... Lucerne is another cheese thing, isn't it? Oh, is it? I, I, I mean, probably there's lots of Swiss cheeses, I guess, but... Uh, L-U-C-E-R. Yeah, that's it. That's the city. So I don't know if that has the... Oh, you're right. There's, there's dairy stuff pulling in milk. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. It's a... It's a brand of cheese. Oh, uh, okay. Called Lucerne. Okay. I think it's Amer- It's an American brand, though. Oh, uh, okay. Also, so, I mean, Switzerland has a reputation for being just gorgeous, and it's not, it's obviously warranted. And, like, even yeah. the, uh, Switzerland was the only place where the train ride itself was worth staring out the window the whole time because the whole country is just gorgeous. Whereas when you're, like, traveling through Paris, or sorry, when you're traveling through France on train, I mean, it's just like you might as well be in Kansas. You're either seeing trees the whole way and you can't see anything. Or you're just yeah. saying, you know, flat farmland. It, it, it's it's nothing special. But like in Switzerland, the right. whole time is like I'm taking like pictures with my phone out the moving train. And it's like, oh, that's a great shot. Like it's just like, yeah, it's just nonstop gorgeousness as you go through there. So it's just now in in actually Bern and Interlaken and central Switzerland here, German is the primary language, which is actually kind of mm-hmm. surprising then that that lady started speaking to me in French when actually Bern is German first. But maybe well, her, maybe she doesn't maybe, do, maybe she doesn't speak so much German. Yeah, right. Well, I was gonna say maybe if she, you know when she said, "Well, what language do you speak?" If you said Deutsch, she might have been just as fluent, you know, as she was in English. Well, no, but but she initially was asking. She was initially mumbling to me in French. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. Or actually, hey, maybe I thought she was mumbling to me in French. Maybe she was mumbling to me in German. I responded in French. She responds in French. <laughs> I say Anglais. She goes right to English. That's also very possible. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe she was thinking like, this moron. I'm speaking German. Like, why are you telling me you don't you don't speak French? Right, right. I'm not speaking French either. <laughs> <laughs> but then she replies in French, and enough so that I understand her, and I say Anglais, and then she goes. Thinking, yeah, I'm lucky she didn't like pick us. Start picking on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more cows. Yep, more yeah, more cows, more cows. Oh, that is kind of a. Right, no, the bells are very elaborate. That is not when I think of a cowbell. Right, I think of like 
just a four-sided piece of metal with a little thing in the middle. Because what, what we use for band, right. That's like legit on, right. like, a, like it looks like the Liberty Bell, but tiny. This looks like it was actually, like, cast. Yes. And, like, is it's got an ornate design. It's got the little Swiss cross on there. There's little yeah. flowers on it. Yeah. Oh, the other thing interesting in Switzerland, because, uh, because they do all the different languages... So uh-huh. on the Swiss license plates, it says CH. And on the coins, they all say Confederation Helvetica. Basically, because there's so many different languages, the official name of the country is in Latin. Mm. Just to be, So you're not like playing favorites to the German or the Italian speaking or the French speaking or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go the neut- go Latin and kind of so you can say you're neutral. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So yeah, all the coins have Latin on them because they don't want to, yeah, they don't want to pick a side, basically. Because they don't use the euro, they use the Swiss franc still. Yeah, so those are all pictures on just the train ride. Oh, okay. That's just cell phone pictures out the train window uh, on my way to Lucerne. Which they, this is actually the time if you remember, there was uh, flooding at this time in Germany and mm. even in the parts of Switzerland. So I actually had to get yeah. off the train, take a bus because there was flooding up toward Lucerne. Is that this? Is that where this is? This big arch? Looking yes, thing? yes. So that's so that's Lucerne. And it's just kind of iconic. The bridge in particular is what it's famous for. That I think that bridge is like a thousand years old, or it's actually two bridges that are kind of similarly uh, designed like that, with like the tower, or maybe even something like that tower might have been there first. Like that tower might be a thousand years old, and then they built the bridge this along one? it. Yes, yes. So that's the like a stone tower right here. Yes, yes. I, I forget the dates, but I, so that's kind of what Lucerne is famous for. There's two of those covered bridges. Uh, they're kind of pedestrian walkways uh, that have just been there forever. And then they all have like murals. You can kind of see yeah, that, that triangle there. You can see like the murals of like famous points in like Swiss or Lucerne history that have been painted. Of course, a lot of them had fire damage, but just kind of cool old European stuff, man. I mean, yeah. Again, we're so used to the states that if something's 150 years old, it's ancient, and <laughs> that's right. uh, that's a baby over there. Um, so yeah, I just walked around Lucerne for a few hours, and then caught a train back from Lucerne to Lausanne and stayed one more night with Tyler before heading to France. Oh, that was cool too. So they did that lion. Yeah. So that was actually, I, I kind of like that more than the bridge. I think the bridge really is special. They have the statue of this lion. It's kind of like, not the mascot, but it's kind of like dedicated to all like the soldiers and stuff. So that, that statue's huge. It's hard to get the correct scale. Like that's probably a 20 foot long lion. Like it's a huge statue. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I, there's, yeah there you see the people standing in front of it there. That gives you a little better idea. If you look at how far away oh, those people. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. That. It's still kind of hard to tell because no, it's right, kind of the scale, in the background, right. but like right, it's fifty feet away it from gives them. Gives you a better or, yeah, idea, yeah. That, yeah, and it's still huge. Okay, right. So I thought it was a really, really impressive uh, carving of this lion. So it, it's basically it's a memorial to my understanding was just kind of Swiss mercenaries who had died in foreign wars because they don't, you know, Switzerland's neutral, but Swiss soldiers would be recruited for conflicts all over the region. And go fight and then right. die in those conflicts. So uh, basically, it was kind of to Swiss mercenaries. Yeah, I made sure I got some Swiss chocolate there before I left at a place. And uh, again, so I was trying to do a good job when I when I, when I was when I was when I'm in the French speaking parts of Switzerland. I'm always trying to order in in French. But now now when I'm in Lucerne, they speak German. I'm like, well, I guess I don't have to try anymore because I don't know any German. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so this is all. Yeah, this that's about now. That's back in Lucerne. And then you're getting into Paris okay. there. Oh yeah, this is this is France right here. Yeah, right? we'll talk about France next yeah. time. Okay. Um, have you, so let's uh, we'll shift gears again here in, into uh, uh, our other things we like to talk about here briefly with uh, any exercise or TV stuff. I've been trying to so exercise wise. I want to talk about that for a second again. So okay, I've been again 
for people who know me, they were going to roll their eyes, but I'm, I've been weighing on the scale a little heavier, uh, than I, uh, for me, I'm on, been on the heavier side recently. Although, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I mean, I'm doing fine. <laughs> no, no, no need, no need to worry, to worry about me. And I'm, I've been trying to lift a little more, but you know, I just, and it's not quite where I'm at. I, I, I just, I just need to make a point of exercising more. When I do run with the team, I mean, jogging with them is no problem, but if they're doing like a hard workout and I try to run with them, I notice I definitely get winded too quickly because I'm just not used to it anymore. And definitely been trying to lift more. Do you not run with your athletes as, as much anymore? Well, I I do, but I'm also trying to, I usually tend to be like the last one to leave. So I, I'm, I basically I'm directing traffic the whole time. And then mm-hmm. as they kind of get going off in different groups, and then maybe I'm kind of following them, but then that means I end up doing less mileage than maybe the top group does. And I just try to run with them on the weekends when we do that and stuff then too. And they also don't know to go necessarily my pace. So it's kind of funny. It's like I'm out of shape compared to them, but also faster. So, I mean, honestly, a good example is like my top girl who just broke 21 for the first time in a 5K yesterday. So, yeah, she's pretty quick. But uh, she jogs, I would say, at a pace slower than, than I would like. But then we ran like a five-mile workout. Oh, this is probably a month ago. It was like a progress. We were going progressively faster, but it was also kind of hot. And they were probably more used to me than running in the heat. I was fine. I was pacing them through like first four miles. Then on the fifth mile, I was like, ugh. And then she had she had a six scheduled. I basically said, I, I'm dropping off. Like, you keep going because you're you're doing okay. Yeah. If I had an athlete who felt like I felt now, I would tell them to stop. So I'm going to tell myself to stop. I was almost like getting like chills and stuff, even though we were running in a hot day. Ooh. Yep. And, uh, and I took my heart rate after I stopped running. Basically, I was at max heart rate. If you do the whole, I mean, yeah, that's the whole, yeah, that's a good way to get a heat injury. Right, right. So I was like, <laughs> I would want you to stop. So I'm going to stop. Anyway, but but then with but then if we do faster stuff, you know, I can still beat her in a two hundred or four hundred or something if we're doing something fast in practice. But it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting that on something like that, it was kind of very specific to one heat acclimatization and two kind of a longer threshold workout because we're going we we're going quick. We're again we we're doing kind of cut down miles. So I think by the time I got kind of worn out, was we were going like uh, we we're going sub eight on a mile. I mean, I mean going like for seven, for a seven thirty mile. And then she was supposed to go a seven flat mile after that. I think she was getting tired enough. She just did a, did a second seven thirty mile. But I was I couldn't even finish that. I was just like I, I need to stop. This is this is brutal. So I'm trying you know I'm trying to get back in better shape, lifting more. Uh, but I did feel good. Uh, uh, all the pictures everybody was taking after regional cross country yesterday, and uh, I'm like holding like the trophy that we won. I'm like, all right, I think my bicep looks pretty good at least. So maybe maybe <laughs> maybe we can just say that like all all that extra weight is not like not being in shape and. It's just, uh, it's all muscle, but I also know I haven't been lifting that much. There's not all muscle. So <laughs> I don't, I'm kind of writing that thing too. So they talk about too, where again, I'm, I know enough, you, you know, see the scale is just a number. Don't be focused on the scale, but I just kind of use the scale as a, as a parameter to know where I'm at. And basically do I need to increase my exercise load or decrease calories if I'm getting off track? And so mm-hmm. it's more just a, it's just a daily checkup to see where I'm at body weight wise and what ramifications that may have on health do you track the food that you eat at all no i don't track but i do just kind of be i, I, I just try to be cognizant so if i'm trying to, if i'm weighing on the heavy side for me then i'm like well hey maybe make a point to kind of watch your portions the next couple of days oh okay because that i mean may, maybe this is something that's changed but i remember like when i was in high school <laughs> and you were our coach and you would just be like oh it's dinner time i just like gonna like eat some spaghettios I really eat spaghettios even when you were in high school. I would, I would eat spaghetti at the team dinners or whatever, and I would definitely eat healthy portions there. But uh, I don't just eat canned spaghettios for dinner. Maybe at home. I, maybe I have a maybe I have a skewed recollection then of <laughs> of the extent of how not 
great your diet was. Oh, no, I think I eat pretty well. And, and, and oh, okay. Now, I will say, I probably do eat better than I ate when you were in high school. But that was also like 15 years ago. No, fair. And I don't think I was necessarily a canned SpaghettiOs guy even then. <laughs> oh, okay. Then that was, then that's, that's a false memory then. Okay. That's a false okay. memory for sure. Hey, now, hey, what might have happened, though, too, if we were on, like, an overnight trip for, like, a state cross-country kind of thing, and we stopped at a grocery store to eat, you know, food at the hotel microwave, did I buy SpaghettiOs? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't know why I have that impression in my head of uh, a younger Rich Simmons just just eating kind of whatever he wanted. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm going I'm to I keep, I do keep running with the athletes, and I'm kind of at the point where I haven't ran a race since, uh, not even because of COVID. I haven't ran a race since 2016, and I kind of have always ebbed and flowed over because I kind of like ah, I've done enough racing. I have no, I don't really need to do road races, especially local road races. I mean, I've just been there, done that. But I do kind of get there once in a while. It's like, yeah, you know what though? I could probably do pretty well in my age group in these races now if I just did a little bit of training. So I might try to rekindle that again and maybe get back and do a race or two again. It's it's of course I want to. I'll, I'll just I might train for nine months just to go do one road race and be like, okay, now I'm good for a few years. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, just kind of generally trying to keep vaguely fit, but I don't really have any strong routine other than I'm just kind of always active. You been watching watching anything recently? Any new shows or movies? Oh, I really like... Uh, oh, actually, okay, so a couple things. First of all, I forgot to bring this up when this happened, uh, but I did finally finish season two of Umbrella Academy. Oh! Yeah, it was it was just okay. I feel like those last two episodes, huh. it was kind of a shark jump moment. I'm not going to say anything specific to spoil it yeah, for yeah, anyone yeah. who's listening, but there's like, yeah, the last episode, I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know what it is about it because I would say like, I don't think the acting is particularly great. I don't even think sometimes the writing is particularly great. I just love the characters in the plot. And I I don't know why it just kind of sucks me in. And I definitely think it, I would agree it has its flaws. But like, kind of like you're talking about where they get to the end of season two. And I'm just like, all right, let's go bring up. Like, I just, I just, I just really enjoy the ride, even though I appreciate it's maybe not the best, but I just have yeah. so much fun and I don't think it's bad. I don't have anything to say, say bad about it. I did like the, the fight scenes are cool. There's a lot of cool, like camera work. The special effects are a lot better in the second season than they are in the first season. Okay. And that wasn't even something that was lacking in the first season. It's just like, oh, wow. Like, okay. you could tell the budget got up for season gotcha. two. But then, and I'm not going to say anything specific, but in the last couple of episodes, there's like, it's just kind of, it to me, seemed out of nowhere that it's like, oh, all of a sudden, there's aliens. Oh, yes. And it's like, okay, I would feel like that wasn't really set up properly or earned it just kind of i would agree that that wasn't what i was hoping but i'm curious to see where they take that and hopefully they can get back on yeah. the rails I, I see what you're saying and it, it might it might be something that like is maybe set up better in the comics mm. that's so like maybe if i read the comics it'd be like oh okay i kind of under i kind of get what this is like headed towards or where this is coming from but it just seemed like oh all of a sudden yeah there's aliens in this universe it's like all right See, but I actually like how they actually resolved the conflict there at the end of season two, and it, it, and I, I don't know, I, it's, I just think the interaction of all the different powers that everybody has is kind of is kind of neat, and it does a good job mm-hmm. of having them go through an adventure and trying to figure out how to almost like solve the adventure while also introducing new questions about characters along the way. So I just find it really, really engaging, even though I recognize it's not like something that needs to win Emmys or anything like that. But I just uh, 
it it won me over. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to season three. I've also been there's a couple of really good like kind of Halloweeny type Netflix shows. Obviously, the one that everyone knows about, Squid Game. Have you watched Squid Game yet? No, it doesn't interest me. But also, the reviews are good, so I'm kind of torn. Is it worth watching? I really liked it, but. I don't know if you will. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really fun. And it was it was a really it's so to steal a uh, a description from the YouTuber JJ McCullough. It's so unapologetically Korean. OK, it, it is not trying to be like an Americanized version of Korea or, you know, it, it doesn't like over explain these cultural things so that it you know an outside audience is gonna make it more accessible for americans like it's a korean show okay and like you okay. can you you pick up the stuff like oh okay this is kind of you know this is similar to this other thing that we have in our culture but it's like they don't like baby the audience through any of the cultural stuff which i really liked okay oh because it is it actually it's actually in korean with subtitles yes yep. yeah okay okay well it's it's yeah, originally in Korean, but I, I think they dubbed it into like thirty-four languages or something. But I just for fun, I like watched a scene dubbed into English and there's actually like, you know, TikTok memes about how bad the oh. dubbing is into other just like if you're gonna watch it, watch it Korean with subtitles. Which would have been my choice anyway, but sometimes Netflix will default right, to different I, I meant options. For the yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah. For the audience yeah. the audience hasn't seen it and they're gonna okay. watch it. And then also uh Midnight Mass is another kind of horror thriller show on Netflix. It's the same people that made Haunting of Hill House, which I've recommended to you before. And they <laughs> You lost they, me at Haunting. <laughs> they do a lot of again, really cool creative practical effects stuff, a lot of cool like makeup stuff. Again, something that I'm a really big fan of, like long takes where they'll have a very dynamic camera that's moving around and you see, you know, we're going to follow this couple people walking down the beach and listen to their conversation and then pan over and get into this next conversation and follow one of these guys around and, you know, seven or eight minutes and it's all one take. (laughs) The only downside is that there is one scene early in the season that they do like that and it's on a beach and you can tell that the camera operator is like having a hard time walking and keeping the camera steady. So there's like, I don't know why they didn't just use a steady cam apparatus to do this scene, but it's very kind of like rickety. And like, even I was watching it with my wife and she was like, I feel like motion sick. Oh, watching huh. this. And I was like, yeah, it is a little rough. But other than that, the, the show is, is really good. And then, Finally, and I'll keep this one short, but Antoine Fuqua has a new movie on Netflix as well called The Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal, hmm. where he's he's not a 911 dispatcher. He's actually a cop, but working in the 911 dispatcher office or whatever. But he, the whole movie, have you ever seen the movie Lock with Tom Hardy? No. Where the whole movie is, is just him driving in a car talking on the phone? Uh-uh. Okay, definitely watch that. I think you'd really like it. But it's a similar thing, only more of a thriller, and it takes place in an LAPD dispatch. So the entire movie is Jake Gyllenhaal just on the phone with different people, which sounds really boring, but it is incredibly thrilling. It's so good, and Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is awesome. I've heard him on, uh, that's right, I've heard him talking about it on podcasts and stuff. 
Because it's basically something they okay. could film during quarantine without significant issues because you just need him yes. and a few actors that kind of come in. So I've, it's kind of an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah, there's maybe there's maybe four actors in the whole movie, and all of the actors other than Jake Gyllenhaal put together have like maybe a minute of screen time or two minutes. Like it's it's basically Jake Gyllenhaal talking on the phone for the entire movie, but it's so good. Yeah, so I think. I do kind of like we're just kind of maybe put out one of these a month as we kind of slowly catch up with that full European trip. So uh, thanks for listening. And then next time we'll uh, get into my time in France in the summer. So thanks for listening and catch you later.